Hey everyone, this is Nathan from Brewery Ministries, and last night was our official launch night for Church in a Brewery at Augustino Brewing. It was pretty cool. We were originally supposed to start in March, on March 23rd, and then COVID happened and like basically the apocalypse and all this stuff, and we ended up launching last night, July 6th. So we were all really excited to finally start after the delay. We had a good group of people come out last night, had some really good discussion. And what I wanted to do with this podcast was basically give you a recap of week one. I know a couple people were sick last night and couldn't make it. I know a lot of people aren't ready to go out yet because of COVID. And maybe you're just curious about this whole thing and want to know more about it before you actually go out. So I decided, at least while COVID's going around, maybe I'll give the same podcast I gave on Monday night at Church in a Brewery, again on this podcast. That way, if you can't make it one week or you miss a week, you can catch up by listening to the podcast. So here we go. Welcome to Church in a Brewery. Last night being our very first in-person meeting at Augustino Brewing, I started off by just explaining the format and what Church in a Brewery is, because it's not what you would typically think of as church. It's actually like the bare bones version of church. It's not like a typical church service or anything like that. It's more like a discussion group. On a typical Monday night, the doors open at Augustino Brewing at 7. So the bar is going to be open. You can go and get a beer and, you know, sit down at a table, get situated, visit with people. At 7.30, I give a very brief topic introduction. I'll just talk for 10 to 15 minutes to give you a few thoughts It might be historical background. It might be, you know, some philosophical evidence about God. It might be a scripture, just something to help guide you during the discussion. So after the introduction, I give out a few questions that you can use as a guide to discuss more with your friends around tables. After about 40 minutes of table discussion, I go back up front and I do just a five-minute conclusion. And basically, during that time, I will share just a couple really cool thoughts that I heard you guys say during the discussion time, and then we just hang out until close. Pretty cool. We really designed Church in a Brewery intentionally for people who maybe are approaching the Bible for the first time, or they've wrestled with some doubt, or they just want a more discussion-based form of church. So if you're in any one of those categories, then maybe Church in a Brewery is for you. I used to be a skeptic myself, For most of my life, I thought that the Bible had a good message and all, but I wasn't sure if it was really applicable to today. I wasn't sure if maybe it had been embellished in some places, because honestly, it has some pretty wild claims in it. So I wrestled with a lot of doubt, and I still remember what that feels like. So I kind of designed this group and the discussions with that in mind. And because we have a mix of people who have experience in church and people who are totally new to Christianity— I take the approach of just giving you some evidence to chew on, and you kind of get to unpack it from there. So in the discussions, some people might find the, the wide variety of views a little bit jarring, but to me, I think that's a good thing, because that means we're being honest with each other, and I feel like that's part of the key to being able to grow. Now, if I were to boil down the purpose of Church and a Brewery to one thing, I would say it's this. It's to help you figure out who Jesus is, and whether or not you can actually trust the Bible, whether or not it's true, if there is anything solid behind it. If the claims in the Bible are true, it says some pretty significant stuff about us, like 
who we are, uh, where we came from, the purpose of the human race, where we go when we die. I mean, that's some big stuff. So if that stuff is true, I would want to know. There are also a lot of different views on what the Bible is. I mean, some people think it's literal. Some people think it's symbolic. Some people think it's just a legend, uh, a, a book of cool proverbs, you know, bits of wisdom. So there's a lot of different views. And part of our purpose is to figure out which one of those views is the truth about the Bible. I have my opinion of what it is, and I'll give you some evidence to help you explore. But really, my goal is to help you explore and come to your own conclusion. Because at the end of the day, I mean, you really have to make up your own opinion. I mean, you have to be convinced of what the Bible is and what it means. So the way I facilitate this group, I will give you space to explore this and make up your own mind. Some of the potential topics that we'll discuss are, why does God allow suffering? Is there evidence for the claims in the Bible? Origin of the universe? Uh, Evidence for the existence of God? Who is Jesus? And is he God or man? I had somebody ask the question of how do we know Jesus really lived last night? And that's actually becoming a more and more common question. And it's a big one. So that's also something we'll be exploring. But for last night's introduction, I gave a picture of Jesus, just trying to give people an idea of what he was like and how he treated other people, who he spent his time with, who was in his inner circle. So if you missed our group last night, don't worry. Here's my 15-minute intro from last night. Take two. I think Jesus might not be what we expect. 2,000 years ago, when Jesus was actually here, walking around the planet, he did not fit the expectations of the religious people in his day. I mean, Jesus is probably the most famous religious leader of all time, right? And he turned everything people knew about religion on its head. He was so different that the religious leaders just didn't understand him. He broke tradition. He was radical in all the right ways. He challenged their thinking and... Ultimately, his challenging tradition is what got him killed. There are a lot of different views of who Jesus is. We'll get to these eventually, but one of them is a wise teacher. He was just a human who was a really smart guy and had some great things to say. Some believe he's a fictional character. That position is becoming more and more common. So we'll investigate that one. And the third position is Jesus was God on earth as a man. Does that sound a bit nuts? Don't worry, we will get to investigating all three of these eventually. But what I would be most interested in, if I was going to investigate any of these, is what do the earliest historical writings have to say about Jesus? My best bet to figure out which one of those views of Jesus is true is to go back and look at what the people who were alive during his lifetime wrote about him. A lot was written about Jesus years and years after he died, hundreds of years later. But what I was interested in when I was asking these questions for myself is, who did Jesus' peers and family and even his enemies say that he was? Some of the earliest writings about Jesus were the book of Mark, Matthew, and the book of Luke. So those are all books of the New Testament. So we can start to get a picture of who Jesus was by looking at some of those books. And in Matthew chapter 9, we get an idea of maybe who Jesus hung out with. In this chapter, Jesus sees a guy who's sitting in a tax collector's booth. His name's Matthew. I don't know if you knew much about tax collectors back then, but 
Like they were basically government endorsed scam artists. Basically, they'd come to your house and they would collect your taxes, but maybe they'd take an extra 10 or 15% and stick it in their own pocket, right? Like nobody liked these guys because they were government endorsed thieves. So I tried to think of maybe what a modern equivalent of a tax collector would be. Because I mean, the government's not going to let people take an extra 10% from your bank account today that we know of. But there are other con artists around, like the Microsoft malware people. Have you ever been working on your computer and you get one of those pop-ups that says, oh, you've got a virus, you have to contact Microsoft to have them unlock your computer for $200, but the whole thing's fake. So they hold your computer for ransom. I think it's called ransomware until you call them and have it unlocked. Like I actually had somebody in the room last night who that had happened to. I felt really bad for them. I know other people who have had that happen. It's terrible. What about fake fundraisers? You ever had somebody call and be like, hey, we're uh, raising money for the fire department. And it's like not the fire department. Or maybe they tell you that you won the lottery but you have to pay like $1,000 to get your money. Contracts with hidden charges. There's all kinds of schemes around. Well, what's interesting is Jesus struck up a friendship with a guy like this who was taking more money than he should from people. Would you choose somebody like that to be friends with? I mean, I'm gonna be honest, I probably wouldn't. Well, then Jesus went to this guy's house and they basically invited Matthew's friends over and had a dinner party. So now he's eating with these people. This is who Jesus decided to befriend. He got quite the reputation for stuff like that too, because in Luke chapter 15, verses 1 and 2 say, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus because he was teaching. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, basically the religious leaders of the day, they muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So, they're kind of looking down on him because of who he's hanging out with. Honestly, that is not the crowd that Jesus was expected to hang out with, but that's what he did. So in Luke 19, 7 through 8, Jesus pursues another friendship with another tax collector who got rich by overcharging people. His name was Zacchaeus, and Jesus goes to his house and eats dinner with him too. And then in Luke 19, it says this, All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. That's a little bit harsh, don't you think? Basically, they're calling Zacchaeus a scumbag, and they're looking at Jesus like he must be crazy, or he might be a scumbag too for hanging out with this guy. Like It's tarnishing his reputation. So the religious leaders are mad at Jesus. From their perspective, Jesus should be hanging out with the high achievers of society, or people who are putting something positive back into society. But Jesus seemed to love people as they were. Maybe these people were even viewed as unlovable, but Jesus is there investing in them and loving them. So Jesus was not what the religious leaders expected him to be. He might not be what we expect either. So let's take a look at who Jesus recruited for his inner circle, because One of the first things that he does is recruit a team, and then he'll travel around for the next three years with this team. So let's see who's on it. You would think that a religious leader would go to the church and pick like the most devoted people, the most committed people in the church for his team, right? That's not what he did at all. In fact, he went out and just recruited common people. He recruited some fishermen who were kind of rough individuals, 
They're low on the economic totem pole. They swear a lot, things like that. Uh, He picked Judas, who ultimately he's going to betray Jesus, but he also stole money from their money bag all the time. And then we've got Simon the Zealot, who is one of the most interesting people to me. If you just Google what a zealot was, they had a reputation for being violent. I mean, they were people who were pushing for a revolution against the Romans. They didn't really have an organized leader. They just wanted to overthrow the Romans. And if you read about zealots on Wikipedia, they like wanted to kill some of the Jews who were pushing for peace because these guys wanted a violent revolution. I mean, they wanted to like slit the throats of Roman guards and stuff like that. So what you have here is an anarchist. You've got Jesus picking basically an anarchist for his team. Is that nuts? It's not just that. I mean, there's tax collectors on this team. They're government employees, and they're paired up with somebody who wants to destroy the government. I don't even know what a modernization of that illustration would be. I mean, AOC and uh, Ted Cruz on the same team, but neither of them are really an anarchist. What about Ted Nugent and Hillary Clinton, and they have to work together? I mean, it's just like the most unexpected people who you would think would not be able to get along. This is the team that Jesus assembles to give us the most important message in history with. As I was researching this and trying to put some thoughts together for this talk, I was kind of stunned because with some of the stuff going on in the world right now, I mean, I realize people are really far apart in their beliefs. I know people who think that COVID is not real and it's a conspiracy. And I know other people who take it really seriously, and I know people who have died from COVID. I know people who are really pro-mask and really anti-mask, and I know people in the middle, smart people who are all over the board on where they land on these issues. And like, don't even get me started with politics. I mean, people are all over the board on that too. I looked through my Facebook feed for the last two months, and I don't know if it's because we were all stressed out from being under the stay-home order, but... I mean, people are really going at each other right now. There's the racism issue, and people land all over the board on that. It seems like, as a society, we are really struggling. We're really divided right now. And they were divided back then. And Jesus goes in there, and he pulls people from both extremes and puts them on this team to give the world the Bible. Whoa, that's not what I expected him to do at all. I'll be honest, if I didn't know the end of this story, I would have expected this team to self-destruct, but it doesn't. So it's going to be really interesting to figure out how this worked. So that's the intro I gave last night. Each week after the introduction, I'll give out a few discussion questions so everybody can discuss over a craft beer at their table. And here are the questions from last night that I gave out. So you can think about these. Maybe you want to discuss them with somebody you know or a family member, but these are the questions that we discussed last night at the very first church in a brewery meeting. Question number one, what is your perception of Jesus? Who is he and what's he like? Question two, this was the most interesting one to me, and it seemed like a lot of people were really interested in this question. I had some really good answers behind it. Number two is, why do you think Jesus chose the people that he chose? What was he looking for in them? So I'm going to pause right there for a minute and just share a couple really insightful answers that came from just people's discussions around the room. 
One person said, well, if Jesus is trying to reach, you know, the entire world, there's a lot of different types of people in the world. So it's going to take a lot of different types of people to reach and relate to everyone. Somebody else said, well, if Jesus's goal and purpose is to love everyone in the world, then it makes sense that he would choose all types of people to put on his team. Even some uh, seemingly unlovable choices. So I thought that was really cool. And a third person said, well, looking at this team that should be dysfunctional, it just speaks that much more to who Jesus is, that he was able to be the glue to help them to actually work together. So that just makes Jesus even more intriguing to look into. Those were a few answers around the room. And uh, here's question number three. Who are you in this story? Are you a tax collector, a religious leader, a friend of a tax collector, etc.? And number four, in what ways do the examples we discussed about Jesus challenge your existing idea of who he is? So I know I kind of sped through those questions, but I really just kind of wanted to put them out there on this podcast so that you could actually get an idea of what kind of things we talked about at last night's meeting. Next week, I'm planning on talking a little bit about evidence for the existence of God. So we will go a little bit more philosophical I thought maybe every other week we'd talk about Jesus and every other week we'd talk about evidence for God or the Bible, because I think if we're going to study the Bible, you really need to know if you can trust it, because if it is a book of stories, then it might not mean that much, but if it's actually like a true document about who we are, well, that changes things. So I feel like you need to know if you can trust it or not and make that decision for yourself. So we'll kind of be alternating every other week between talking about Jesus and things he did, what he was like, and talking about evidence for the existence of God and whether or not the Bible's reliable. I hope that gives you an idea of what our meeting's like and helped you catch up. I really had a good time last night. People hung around for uh, quite some time after the, after the meeting, just visiting and being social, so that was pretty cool. We meet every Monday night at Augustino Brewing. Doors open at 7, discussion group starts at 7.30. We're done with the discussion group at 8.30, and after that, we just hang out till close, which is around 9 o'clock. So if you haven't checked it out yet, I hope you will. We're pretty casual, pretty laid back, and uh, we're just kind of exploring this thing together. If you want to get updates, uh, check out our Facebook page. You can sign up for the mailing list at breweryministries.org, and you'll get updates after each discussion. I'll probably share a couple cool thoughts from the discussion each week. And uh, that's all I've got. This has been Nathan from Brewery Ministries and Church in a Brewery. And I'll talk to you guys next week. See ya. Hey.